0: Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne
1: in Melbourne, Florida. The only way you get into God's bed and breakfast, the only way you get into the Kingdom of God, the only way you have your own assignment from God, is that you have a foundation in your life of Jesus Christ. It is not a church. It is not the Catholic Church, it's not the Protestant Church, it's not Calvary Chapel, it's not First Baptist Covenant, it's Jesus Christ. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you've received Him, that's the foundation. At that point, you will end up at that judgment seat of Christ, only if you make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior.
0: When you think of a memorable vacation that you've had, what did you value about it? Rest, good food, meeting new people, all these things can be found in fellowship with the Lord. When you're forgiven, you'll find rest in Him. You'll be filled and satisfied by the Word. You'll seek fellowship with other believers and be blessed by them. Wouldn't you want others to experience this joy as well? We're all given different gifts as servants of the Lord, but we're all called to spread the gospel of Jesus. Today, Pastor Mark will impress upon us the need to come to repentance now, not later, because he will return soon and we can't know when. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 6, for our continuing study entitled, God's Bed and Breakfast.
1: Now, notice, each servant in the bed and breakfast is a Christian. Each servant has an assigned task. Turn, if you will, to Romans chapter 12. When you're in God's bed and breakfast, you may have been given the the job of cooking, washing the pans, vacuuming the rooms, painting the house, doing the gardening. Ordering the meals, bringing up the luggage, I don't know, whatever. We've all been given different assignments, but everyone has an assignment. Notice that when this is happening, what God is trying to say, that when you come to a good bed and breakfast, it should be a place that's filled with life and activity. Neat things are happening. And in so many churches today, there isn't any life, there isn't any neat activity. Now I want to challenge some of you before we look at this passage in Romans 12. Some of you here this morning don't have any idea of really what service means. And here's why. You're not serving. If you're new in this church and you've been here a few weeks, that's fine. But if you've been coming for a few months, you need to serve. We need you. You have a gift. The bed and breakfast doesn't work with three people. It works with everybody doing their response. Remember, this is not me speaking. Jesus says, I'm leaving you behind. You're a servant. And how many were assigned tasks? A- L-L-O. Oh, that means you. Look at Romans chapter 12. Let's talk about the giftings. Now, when we talk about God's giftings, you have to understand that every single one of us as a Christian have been given a gift. And in, in Romans 12, we see what's called the motivational gifts or the grace gifts. These are just a representative. They're not everything. None of us deserves to be in God's bed and breakfast. There isn't any of us that deserve to be there. You and I this morning have to realize that God's grace brought us there. Let's look at verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him give, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Now, I don't have time, but you'll see these seven gifts. They're just represented. There's more gifts than that. But I believe in those seven, every one of you, have at least one of those gifts. Prophecy is really declaring the truth. Teaching, certainly you can see what I'm doing. Exhorting, some of you have the gift of exhortation. I have some of that gift this morning, where you encourage believers to do good things. You need to be challenged. Some of you need, many of you need to be in a small group where somebody challenges you. you. You can go to the night and say, well, man, I've been watching, I've been calling 900 numbers. They're going to give you a kick in your spiritual pants and say, what are you doing? You can't play around with that. Some of you say, I'm just discouraged, and they're going to encourage you. That's the gift of exhortation. Leadership. Many of you had that gift. Serving, by the way, is a gift everyone has. And then giving. Those of you who have ability to give and you just have a generous heart and and God has really blessed you and you're able to do that. Uh, By the way, giving is also part of all of us. And mercy should be part of all of us. That is not one of my strengths, mercy. And when people counsel, they know that because... Sometimes I just say, why aren't you doing it? Come on, God, let's just get moving. But others have more mercy and they like to go counsel to those people and whatever. But we should have a balance of these. Now, what should we do with these gifts? Let me give you some things quickly. Number one, know your gift. I don't want the gift of mercy. I like to have the gift of teaching. Well, who assigns the gifts? God. See, when you walk into his bed and breakfast, he just hands you something and say, there's what you are. And when you walked into the body of Christ, he gave you a gift. Don't say, I don't want the gift. I want another gift. You don't have a choice. He's the boss. Is he the boss or is he the boss? Is he a good boss? He's a great boss. So he knows what gift you have. And he gives you that gift. Not only should I not be jealous of somebody else's gift, but I have to exercise my gift. Some of you are sitting on your gift. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? When somebody challenges you. You say, oh, I've been a Christian 43 years. How dare you talk to me that way? I'm not talking to you that way. God's talking to you that way. He's coming back. He's coming back. You will stand before him. Not me. For him. Then we allow everybody to exercise their gift. Isn't it good to have all the different gifts? You know, when we're done with all of that, well, who's, who gets the glory? God does. It's His. You know, I was thinking as I was driving home last night, this church, this bed and breakfast is better than any Hyatt hotel in the world. You guys are just awesome. You're doing a great job. Number five, be faithful. Keep serving 24 hours a day. Look at Mark chapter 13, verse 36. Let's go back to that verse just for a moment. Mark 13, verse 36. Jesus is trying to say to His disciples... He's giving them a simple warning, It includes sleeping. Look at the verse: If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you what? Sleeping. So, in other words, like the wife that's going to come home, you don't want to. If the house is a wreck, you don't want her to find you sleeping. Oh, I meant to get up, I just didn't get up. Here's three things that happens to Christians that are sleeping spiritually. Number one, they become lethargic. Number two, they become apathetic. Number three, they become tired in well-doing. How many of you like caffeine? How many are hooked on caffeine? Be honest. You say, I'm not hooked on caffeine. I can go two or three hours. Not a problem at all. <laughs> right. How many have the coffee pot all day long going? Come on, If it's not that, it's Mountain Dew times three or whatever. I mean, well, in Seattle, it's a rainy, cool kind of climate. And when it's rainy and cool, you like to take a book, curl up on the couch, put the fireplace on, and just go to sleep, don't you? Is it any wonder that Seattle is the caffeine capital of the world? It is. That's where Starbucks came from. That's where SBC is, Seattle's best coffee. You you go two steps and there's a coffee shop. Another two steps and there's another coffee shop. Why? Because everybody's sleepy. So Jesus is trying to say, (laughs) Jesus is trying to say to us, this verse, this verse is spiritual caffeine. In other words, how many know a bed and breakfast has to operate 24 hours a day? have to be there. During the middle of the night, if you need something, there has to be somebody there to meet your need. And that's why the elders and I, myself, we have, of all the pastors, we have our phone numbers in the directory. Why not? We don't hide them from people. If you need help in the middle of the night, people don't abuse that. We help. We have to call. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to serve. So we have to be serving God faithfully 24 hours a day. As I talk to you, remember, you need to be disciplined. You need to be motivated. You need to be filled with hope. Now, turn to two passages of Scripture quickly. Second Corinthians chapter 5. And also First Corinthians chapter three. The reason I have to be faithful is really because I love God. But there's another reason. I'm going to be judged on my faithfulness. When we talked about these end time things over the last four weeks, the great tribulation, all of those kind. We talked about the great white throne judgment. Let's review those again. The great white throne judgment is for all unbelievers. We're going to talk about the judgment seat of Christ. This occurs after the rapture. This is only for believers. You will not appear at the judgment seat of Christ and then say, I'd like to become a Christian. You will not appear at the great white throne judgment and say, Well, I see hell there. I'd like to become a Christian now. It's too late. Where you end up, every person will end up at one of those two places. Where you end up determines on what you do with Jesus Christ today while you're breathing. Do you got it? Because the judgment is just about rewards and degrees of punishment. If you end up in the great white throne judgment, if you don't accept Jesus Christ till you die, you will end up in hell forever. There you will be given different degrees of punishment. So let's look what happens at the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Paul says this, For we must all appear. How many is all? That's all, all, is all. And Paul is writing to Christians. This is only to Christians. Notice he starts it off with we. So we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one, how many? Individually. Each one may receive what is due him for the things, and underline this word, done while in the body. Whether good and bad. Now that word bad there does not mean ethically or morally wrong. What it means is good for nothing or worthlessness. It means this: that again, salvation is not the issue here. Eternal destiny is determined before the judgment seat of Christ. When I appear there, God is going to take me, Jesus, he's going to be the judge as a Christian, and every Christian will be judged on what we're going to talk about it. So turn to first Corinthians chapter 3. Every Christian is going to be judged in what they've done in their body, in your body, while you're living with your gifts and your talents. So let's see what that judgment is all about. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. It says this, No one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So what that means is this, The only way you get into God's bed and breakfast, the only way you get into the kingdom of God, the only way you have your own assignment from God is that you have a foundation in your life of Jesus Christ. It is not a church. It is not the Catholic Church. It's not the Protestant Church. It's not Calvary Chapel. It's not First Baptist Covenant. It's Jesus Christ. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you've received him, that's the foundation. At that point, you will end up at that judgment seat of Christ. Only if you make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Now, what happens as I'm there? Paul says, as he goes on, if any man builds on this foundation, so he's now going to talk about our talents, gold, silver, costly stones. This is what it means. If I'm faithfully serving with the right motives, then I'm going to get godly rewards. Now, when I stand before Jesus Christ... Here's what's going to happen to my service, my gift, my ability to serve. He's going to judge my quantity, my quality, and my motive. So when I stand at the judgment seat of Christ, before Christ, am I going to be standing in a group or alone? Individual. And God is going to say to me, Okay, Mark Balmer, he doesn't care about the term pastor, that has nothing to do with anything. Actually, he's going to call me servant, Mark Ballmer. I hope he's going to say, "Let's take a look over your years. What gifts did you have? Boom, 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 boom. How did you do? In quantity, in quality, and in motive. We're going to be very surprised in that day because many people are going to get great godly rewards that we've never seen before. Why? They're in the background. They're serving. You think it's going to be the Billy Grahams and all the people in front. No, many people in the background with ministries that are like at 4 a.m. in the morning with the right motive. Now, see, if you come up to me after and say, I was one there at 4 a.m. in the morning, don't do it, you just lost your reward. You see, God's interested in your motive. In your motive. So I will be gifted. And some of you say, well, I've been serving God for 40 years again, or 20 years, or 15 years, or whatever, and I did all my work back in those days. Wait a minute. There is no retirement. (laughs) And it's never too young to start. It's never too young to start. Now, as you look at that, let's look what the next one is. Or wood, hay, and straw. Serving with wrong motives or wasting your talents and time on your own selfish pleasures. So what that really means is this. If you're there, and everything you're doing for God today is really for the wrong motive. Or, if you're not involved at all, and you're just coming on Sunday, and it's good that you come on Sunday, and that's all you do for God, you're not serving, you're not using your gift, you're not using your talent, or whatever. You're just selfishly doing You're going to go home today and watch the boob tube for the next 12 hours or whatever. Next week, you're going to do your thing. You're going to just selfishly do your thing. Then those days, look what happens to you. Look what Paul says. This is not Mark Balmer talking. This is Paul By the way, this is everyone. Look at verse 13. His work will be shown for what it is. In other words, you can't sweep it under the rug and think, ah, nobody knows. God knows for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and fire will test the quality of each man's work. The quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he'll receive a reward. If it's burned up, he'll suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. See, some of you... Might be satisfied to say this. Well, as long as I make it to heaven, I don't care if I get any reward or not. Do you really love God? I mean, why are you even in God's kingdom? Because of his grace and mercy. What what kind of attitude would that be? I just want to slide into heaven. I don't care about ministering to anybody's needs. I'm selfish. That's a very... See, the scripture, remember I told you early on, the scripture says this, some will be very sorrowful at his appearing. I believe we're all going to be sorrowful at his appearing when we realize all he gave us and how little most of us did with it. Now, when I come to this area, let me just talk to you quickly about a couple things. Some of you have the wrong attitude. You've been raised in a church that said, if you're ever going to get God's approval, you got to do, 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 do. And if you do all these things, God's going to love you and He's going to accept you. Let me tell you this. Once you come into the kingdom of God, once Jesus Christ accepts you, once you've asked forgiveness of your sins and you move over and you become a Christian, you're accepted by God. You're loved by God. You say, well, last week I read the Bible an hour, and this week I want to read it two hours, and next week I only read it a half hour, so God doesn't accept me as much as He did last week. It has nothing. You're accepted. Relax. That's God's grace. None of us deserve it. So don't feel that you have to do things to get his approval. You have his approval this morning. Everybody just take a a deep breath. You have his approval and love. Is that good or what? See, and here's what you're taught. Well, I have to go to church. I have to read the Bible. I have to witness. I have to give money. I have to use my... Now he tells me I have to serve. (laughs) Remove the have to. When you realize in your heart what God's given you, it's not a have to, it's, I love to serve. I wish service was Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. I'd like to speak to you every day. Some of you have a hard time, but I'd still like to speak to you every day. (laughs) I love serving. I love being in God's bed and breakfast. It's the greatest place in the world. So when you think about reading his word, what a privilege. Not I have to. Check it off of my list. God doesn't accept me. I didn't read as much this week. Get rid of that. You're accepted. But we love to come to church. We, you mean you, I gotta come tonight. I gotta come tonight. No, you don't. If, if you come tonight with that attitude, please stay home. We don't want you. Wrong attitude. You should come because what? It's gonna be a great night. By the way, it's also a cheap date, so come on. No. <laughs> When I come to church, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me. Jesus knew it. You and I have to understand that joyfully serving God is great. And by the way, I just want to compliment you guys again. You're doing awesome. Let's come to point number six. Be sharing. Jesus is coming back. J.C. Riley said it. The highest form of selfishness is a man content to go to heaven alone. Alone alone in our communities many people are searching for rest they're filled with sin and condemnation they're looking for a good night's rest they can find it in god's bed and breakfast jesus said come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i'll give you rest there's people out there that are hungry they're looking for answers to life more and more of these people say to me i can't believe I'm getting fed. The Word of God, I never understood the Word of God. It's just changing my life. It's making a difference. Well, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. It's not me. It's His Word that's changing you. Thirdly, there are many people that are lonely. They're looking for relationships. Isn't it awesome just to come to church and meet new people and invite new people over to your house and just to get excited, just sit next to somebody different and look at somebody and go, wow, there are people weird like me here too and just be excited about serving Jesus Christ. It's a great place. Now, there is an illustration, and I want you to turn to the last verse this morning, back to Mark, chapter 13, and it's verse 37. There is an illustration that I want to encourage you about just as we close, and it's this. How many have seen, in, in, especially if you've been in New York or San Francisco, you see these people walk out with these big boards on, it's like a, a, an A-frame, and they'll have on the front and back, eat at Joe's or whatever. Remember? I, I wish I had a time I'd have made one. And I'd walk through here and say, come to God's bed and breakfast. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be out in the world saying to people, hey, there's a place where you can find food and rest and friendship and God's Spirit and His grace and it's a fun place to be. What do you mean church is a fun place to be? That's an oxymoron. That can't be right. Isn't church a fun place to be? It's a great place to be and they can't believe it. Let's look at the vast one this morning. It's this. Here's what he says in verse 37. What I say to you I say to everyone, to how many? Watch. And here's what watch means to keep awake, to keep alert, to be active in serving. There's two things I want you to focus on. In those six things we gave you, one or two of those, God's spoken to your heart about. Maybe you're not being faithful, maybe you become tired and well doing, maybe you're retired. And you say, man, you mean i got to get back in this again? Yeah, you should. Maybe you've been doing everything because you have to. Let God give you a fresh dose of joy this morning. Take somebody home for dinner with you. Come on over. I don't know who you are, but come on over to the house. Whatever. You say, could that bring some joy? Oh, it could bring all kinds of fun. You and I have relatives and friends, neighbors that are not Christians. Jesus is coming back. There is a great white throne judgment, and there's a judgment seat of Christ. Everybody would be at one of the two. This should move your heart this morning to pray for the lost, for the loved ones. Secondly, some of you here are here this morning, and if Jesus Christ would come back, boom, before we finish the service, you don't know whether you'd go to heaven or not. You've never personally accepted Jesus Christ. You may be a member of a church and taking communion, doing all the religious things, but what I said to you this morning, you've never come and said, Jesus Christ came into my life, and then there was a change. You became different afterward. Some of you said that. You came to the altar, but there's been no change. You need to say, I mean business with God. You see, when he comes, and the Bible says it's like the days of Noah. When the flood came, Noah preached 120 years. And he said, it's coming, the end's coming, the end's coming, and they never seen rain. So they said, what are you talking about, the rain? And people today say, what do you mean God's coming back and you're going to bring judgment? We've never seen anything like that. And when the door of the ark closed, that was it. There's no second chance.
0: If Jesus came back today, would we be satisfied for what we've accomplished for him or shamed? That was the focus of today's message. When we were faced with that difficult question of just how committed we are, Pastor Mark exhorted believers to consider what they're doing for God and do more. Witnessing to others, helping out those who need it, taking hold of what really matters and wholeheartedly serving Jesus. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at lessonsforlivingradio.com. That's info at lessonsforlivingradio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at lessonsforlivingradio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark will be teaching from Mark 14, when some of Jesus' disciples will fall away. It's the end of Jesus' ministry on earth and the tides have turned against him. We'll see how the religious community then was threatened by Jesus and how many contemporary religious groups today are in the same position. Jesus knew all that would happen, but still showed grace to those who would betray him. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life. Right.